It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Wake up at Holiday Inn Express to a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. Count on all the hot, fresh coffee you need and an incredible breakfast buffet that has something for everyone, like eggs, cinnamon rolls, and even hot, fresh pancakes with all the toppings you crave. Next time, do yourself a favor and stay at a Holiday Inn Express with a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. So, when you wake up at Holiday Inn Express, you'll wake up happy, a part of IHG Hotels and Resorts. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Hi guys and welcome to another edition of the Custard TV podcast. It's me, Matt, once again. I hope you're all well. Uh, Joining me this week uh, on the Custard TV podcast, we have two of our regular guests. Happy New Year to both of them. Uh, First in the uh, Exeter area, Michael, how are you? Hello. Uh, Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on again. That's all right. You're very welcome. Uh, now, I saw on your Twitter last week, Michael, oh, no. that you had, <laughs> you had an interesting weekend with a, a 13-year-old birthday party. Uh, yeah, I still haven't recovered. <laughs> we uh, went bowling with 16 kids last weekend. It's uh, my stepson's 13th birthday. And then in the evening, we had a sleepover of five of them. And then the next day, we went for a carvery with four of them. And as I mean, point- I know that sounds like I've assassinated yeah. throughout the weekend. <laughs> you pointed out on Twitter that you didn't actually, the decreasing number of children was nothing to do with you. <laughs> so the, the wonders of living with a teenager now. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, teenager. <laughs> I, I feel barely above a teenager myself, yet alone. <laughs> I'm 30, nearly 30 years older than him. Scary. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're all feeling that sort of impending doom. I think um, is is that right with you as well, Mo? Impending doom. I have a I have a, a stepdaughter, and I remember when my stepdaughter was a ba- was born. I wasn't married to my wife at the time. My wife and I were friends. We we were childhood friends, and but I remember holding my stepdaughter in my arms when she was a few months old and my stepdaughter is in her early 20s now so (laughs) (laughs) let's all feel very old and i I was saying to the uh the lads before we started that my nieces are currently here my older niece who is three years old we were running around the house together and i fall flat on my face so at any time if i collapse today uh the the guys will know why and it'd be a very interesting (laughs) podcast Although I am editing it today, so I will make it look like nothing happened. This could be a podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, Definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. Coming up on today's show, we have got four, I'd say comedies, some maybe more comedy dramas than comedies. We've got on... Uh, Disney Plus Extraordinary Search Party, the um, 
popular American sitcom, which is which is now on the iPlayer. We have got Shrinking, which is a new comedy drama on Apple TV Plus, and we've got Everyone Else Burns, which is a, a Channel Four sitcom that stars uh, Simon Bird. Uh, but first off, our yet untitled segment about what we are watching or still watching. We'll start by talking about Happy Valley. I'm saving it, and I'll okay. tell you why. I'll tell you why. <laughs> because I could not remember Series 2. It, it's like, it, it was, I drew a blank. I'm re, I'm, I'm, I'm going to rewatch. Actually, I, I, I decided actually to rewatch series one and two, so I'm slowly rewatching those, and then I'll watch series three. But okay. um, so I'm, I'm trying to say then for, for yeah, that. It, it's fine. You know, I'll probably forget. <laughs> I'll forget. I've so much television on. I'll forget about any particular spoilers. So, um, Michael, we, we'd be talking about episode three, but yeah. by the time people listen to this, we're ba- basically a week behind. But where we sort of left it last week was with Catherine um, confronting her sister Claire in the cafe in Sheffield. And we had that brilliant sort of 10 minute opening scene uh, with them, with her explaining why she started taking Ryan to see Tommy in prison. Um, and then the repercussions of that really. And then we got into sort of what I would call the plottier bits of the, of the show with the, yeah. the chemist and the, Knezovic's. This kind of TV, is, as well as things like Line of Duty, just make adamant that event telly still is a thing. Because if this, and I know it's a big bugbear of Luke's, but if this was all put out on one, at one go on BBC iPlayer, it just wouldn't have the same impact. It just, the, the, the tension, the, oh my God, what's going to happen next week? Where is this going? Is, is Catherine going to make it out alive? When's the face-off between Catherine and Tommy coming? None of that would gather momentum because it just wouldn't be there. And in terms of Sally Wainwright's writing and dialogue and beautiful ways of crafting stories and making them all match together, it's just wonderful. And, and what what hasn't been said about Sarah Lancashire's performance? <laughs> it's just amazing. But I would say I rewatched episode three a few nights ago and i think it's the weakest of the series and that's probably down to i'm not totally buying the faisal joanna storyline the plotty bits as i call them yeah yeah it just seems like okay we get it he's clumsy but there was a scene um when he went from his house down to joanna's house and it took, I counted it on the second attempt. This is how much it infuriated me the first time I saw it. It took over 100 seconds of him walking and doing the occasional trip on a blade of grass and struggling to get up a wall that isn't very difficult to get up. There's over 100 seconds. I was like, this, this not needed. It was like literally nearly two minutes of a 57-minute show where he's just walking and like clowning around. Mm. Like we get, we get he's a bit clumsy. We don't need to see two minutes of it. And I'm not entirely buying when she was in the restaurant the week before. I'm going to kill him. Oh, let's kill him. No, I'm not sure about that. And what he's doing now. When is... you say, sorry, Mark, when you say you didn't buy it, what the, because I, I, I think I bought that she would change her mind quite readily oh, because, yes. yeah, yeah. but his sort of agreeing to go along with it. Is that what yeah, you part, Partly that. And also saying that in a cafeteria, like in public, mm. I'm going to kill my husband. Um, yeah, the 
I'm not quite sold on the Faisal character because his motives just okay. If he if he got done for selling a bit of diazepam and other drugs, that would be bad. But killing Joanna's husband, or and now what looks like he's killed Joanna, that's just a whole elevated. I I, I know a big source of Happy Valley is men getting out of their debts, being useless, mm. and, and you know being taken over by greed and uselessness but i don't i'm not quite i think they're overplaying the comedy side of his character a bit too much other than that it's it's wonderful like the the relationship in the in the kaywood family the 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 the, we still don't quite know it's fully explains why neil's participation in the whole taking ryan to, to see tommy and there's sorts of lots of different avenues that is brilliant the other scene I really liked was um, when she's gone to give Ryan that ultimatum, basically, about seeing Tommy yes. um, while he's at Claire. And I know you know what I'm going to say because a lot of people pointed out on Twitter, but when it, she's gone to Claire and Neil's and he says about his tea going cold and it, she says, what is it? Stew or it'll keep. And it's just little things like that, isn't it? Into the dialogue. And it's, and it's such a good way of doing that because... What was the tension at the end of the second episode? I was going, we need this confrontation. We need this confrontation. As she was driving and following them and outside the cafeteria, you're like, come on, do it, do it. And she gets up and walks in and then just sits down and then nothing. And then you think, well, it's not going to be a major bust up in the cafe because it's in public. So is the the conversation at the start of episode three was so muted and calm, despite everything and all, all, all the touchy subject that it was about. And it was the same with the conversation at Ryan at the door. It was, you know, it was such big things they were talking about, but that no one came to blows. She mm. was, it was all very calm and very how people would speak to each other. And yeah, it was, again, and it's that, all in the dialogue. And also there's a load of thing going on potentially with Neverson in the refrigeration business. And obviously, I don't think he's entirely clean either. So there's lots of little strands mm. where you wonder who's connected to who. And that's, that's been the case from series one to series three you'd never have thought when happy valley was returning they would tie up these loose ends from seven yeah. eight years ago and they're doing it also brilliantly mo as you've been sitting there so silently um i'm assuming you've watched i know michael's watched it as well the uh, first episode of the last of us yes it was so visceral um and it it just there's this i i think because I haven't played the game in a long time, and I was really pissed poor at when I did try to play it. But I have to say that I do appreciate the setup that um, we get in probably, what, the first 20 minutes. Things more or less are normal, but you see that bubbling tension. And then by the time you do shift to when it's 20 years later and we have the new status quo, you know, everything feels upended and... You, you really are just trying to get your feet under you. I, I, I think that um, I wasn't really sure, like, d- would this feel HBO-ish? You know, just, just the notion of a video game show. But I think that the per- just the performances alone um, make it, like, such a much must-watch show. Pedro Pascal is just brilliant. And uh, Bella Ramsey... Um, I think 
what people were underestimating. I think some people underestimated her because of, um, but I think she was really great in Game of Thrones, and I mm. think that that she is is going to be phenomenal in this. I think that it, this is an event television series, mm. and um, I, I think that it it feels like it. Just the scope alone, certainly a lot of money was thrown into it. Jeez, I didn't know what to expect. I'm not a gamer. I didn't know anything about the game at all, but. It was visceral was the word because you're thrown into this quite normal world in the first 20 or 30 minutes and it's all creeping up in pace and and where it's going. And it just totally took me by surprise. The only thing I'm disappointed in is the fact that that girl who I can't remember her name in the first 20 or so minutes isn't in it anymore because I thought she was brilliant. The the daughter. Yeah, the daughter. Yeah, she I thought she was really good. And then all of a sudden, like things are falling from the sky explosions are happening and then it's 20 20 years later and i'm like where are we going now this is episode one and it's yeah i assume there's going to be a lot of commentary on society and uh i, I think uh, people have compared it to the walking dead i don't know a lot about the walking dead but i think this is obviously going to be a lot darker and a, li- a lot more ambitious because a lot of money has gone into this. Anything else anyone's been watching? A show that unexpectedly like has sucked me in, and I'm almost finished with it, um, is The Traders, the US version. Oh, The Traitors. I thought you were saying The Traders. <laughs> <laughs> the Traitors. No, the- <laughs> is that what they call EastEnders over there? <laughs> yeah. But, wow, I... You know, I'm not a reality television person at all. And, you know, I, I do occasionally watch, you know, I like game competitions. Uh, but there is something about the the heightened drama, whether it's because of the the music, just the players themselves. It's Alan Cumming just in all these different outfits it's just every time you see him as the host he is just wearing these ridiculous over-the-top outfits that look fabulous and he he clearly is stoking the fires the flames not that and i think that the fact that you have half of the contestants in the traders were or are or were american reality show contestants mm. you know your big brothers there's the, the folks from below deck um so it, it is but when you mix those with was a quote-unquote called the civilians mm. uh it's it makes for a really interesting explosive combination particularly as the game goes on as more people are being murdered as you know you get points where uh excuse me parts where they're trying they're frantically trying the fateful are trying to unmask the traitors and it's just they're falling on their faces and it's i'm i'm really trying to figure out how well it's being received over there uh because over here i think for a certain at least those people i follow on twitter it's really it's taken off and it's it's on Peacock over here, and and Peacock doesn't have that many we like to say hits. So this is kind of a nice little coup for um, Peacock. Yeah, it came to the iPlayer with one day's notice. Oddly, um, 
and I think a lot of people have binged it. It is they are airing on BBC Three, I believe, from this week Tuesday through Thursday. Um, and I think with anything on iPlayer, I think there was some initial like, "Oh, this is good. I'm enjoying this," but then. I haven't heard anything about it since, whether people will discover it when it goes to BBC Three. Did you watch any of the UK one, Mo, just interestingly? just to... I did not, because, again, I just had this preconceived notion that I don't like reality shows. And the only reason I even watched The Traders is I just happened to have it on Peacock, uh, Peacock on, mm. and it went to... It, it played the traitors. It just, I was just too lazy to move. I was too, I was literally too lazy to switch it. And then I just got like within five to 10 minutes, I was just sucked in. And I ended up watching in that one sitting that night, um, like four episodes. Because that was, sort of happened to us, didn't it, Michael, when we reviewed the UK yeah. one? Both of us went on to see who'd been murdered. And I just remember you saying you hated yourself for it. Did you watch and did you go on with it? Uh, I watched the last couple. I watched, so basically I watched the first couple and then the last couple. To see who won. Yeah, essentially. Would you be tempted now, Mo, to go back to the UK one, knowing that it is just civilians? I'm curious. But I'm really curious to see um, how the, sort of, I guess... The chemistry between the 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 um wake up at holiday inn express to a can't miss breakfast that's free with every stay count on all the hot fresh coffee you need and an incredible breakfast buffet that has something for everyone like eggs cinnamon rolls and even hot fresh pancakes with all the toppings you crave next time do yourself a favor and stay at a holiday inn express with a can't miss breakfast that's free with every stay so when you wake up at holiday inn express you'll wake up happy a part of ihg hotels and resorts here in key west we were out before it was in in this open and inclusive paradise you can be yourself make new friends and savor our live and let live vibe with LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. The contestants are in, in, that, in the differences. I just want to quickly talk to you um, both about I Hate Susie 2. Mo, did you finish that in the end? Oh, yes. I, yeah, and I know Michael did. I think for me, that final episode, and I briefly spoke about it on our end of the year show, was so great. And Billy Piper's performance, and I just don't think enough people have spoken about it, possibly because it was on right at the end of the year, three episodes back to back. I was a bit dubious about it at first, because when it, the news came out that it's a three-parter, Christmas special... I was thinking, oh, it needs more than that. It needs to be better, better than that. But they were actually full-length episodes because recently we, we watched Series 1 and they're like 30, 35 minutes long and these were proper hours. Mm. And oh, it's just the the depth. Uh, uh, firstly, Billy Piper's performance is incredible. But just the things that they cover in terms of mental health, in terms of family, in terms of uh, relationships... And it's just wonderful. But I, the biggest thing that stayed with me was that very ending, those last five, ten minutes. Mm. If we're not getting any more of I Hate Susie, um, that's a bold ending. That entire final episode, I know you said the last ten minutes, but 
it literally had you on edge the entire yeah. hour because like when we spoke mo about the first episode they did that for the first 20 minutes or so and that was similar to the very first episode of uh, series one it's, when yeah sorry it's a very good show where they like to make you feel hurried and stressed and mm. pressurized mm-hmm. just like Susie is and that's what you feel when you're watching it you're just feeling like oh my god like you want to you want to burst out and shout at someone or like go because that's exactly what she's feeling and the camera work and the direction makes translates that to you and it it rubs off on you and you feel exactly like she does even though she's not a perfect character or a perfect person you kind of side with her but brilliant portrayal of like mental health and dealing with fame as as the first series was and I'd love to see it come back, um, but if it did end there, then I think that was was the perfect ending. Let's just quickly go through the plugs. Uh, Michael, your podcast is, is it the Box Tunnel Survivors podcast? Did I get that right? Oh, you're close. Oh. Uh, the Box Tunnel Survivors group, which is group. a podcast about the BBC free show Being Human. So, yeah, we go through every episode scene by scene. And just talk a load of geeky nonsense about it. I've got a couple of good guests lined up, so it's all it's all going well. And that comes out every full moon, am I right yeah. in that? Yeah, the, epi- the ones on the episodes come out every full moon. Um, and where can we find that? That is on Podbean, Spotify, uh, Deezer. Everywhere but Apple. Everywhere but Apple, <laughs> yeah. Although your relationship with Apple's turned a corner, we, we I, all learned this I week. Think, I think we've made amends and we're going to start afresh. Try it again. And um, Mo, the uh, Geek Confidential? Yeah, so uh, we have uh, recorded a best of 2022 episode, I believe, um, the Luke, <laughs> the American Luke. Your Luke. He will probably be, uh, yeah. But, uh, hey, but hey, I, I consider both Lukes my Luke. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so... I believe that they're going to be, they should be coming out anytime soon. We're going to um, probably cut them up. Um, we're hoping to, you know, start 2023 with some, certainly some new episodes of Geek Confidential. There's a lot in Geekdom to talk about. Um, so much behind the scenes drama, uh, particularly for one of the big networks that we co- cover, you know, Matt's favorite American network, the CW. Uh, there's Obviously. a lot of stuff going on. Obviously. <laughs> so, uh, but Geek Confidential, uh, we can be found on Twitter. We do have a Facebook uh, group. We also are, uh, the episodes can be found on all your various podcasters, including Apple. I, I will say we're definitely on Apple. And uh, we hope to have some new episodes coming out regularly in 2023. Brill. And uh, yeah, the Custard TV podcast you are listening to now, we have tons and tons of uh, back catalogue to go through dating back to 2011 um, please rate review and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps of choice um, and if you would like to be a part of the podcast as well please get in touch on uh, twitter at Matt's tv bites at custard tv pod uh, or at link custard tv or email uh, custard tv reviews at gmail.com we're also on instagram it's custard tv and we're also on Facebook if you search the Custard TV. So we're actually everywhere. So there's no excuse for you not to get in touch if you'd like to be part of the podcast. Um, also on the website, thecustardtv.com, we have our sort of weekly uh, roundup of what's on, our coming soon. 
Uh, Luke is reviewing Happy Valley Weekly, and we also have a very um, good piece there at the moment about uh, the revival of Waterloo Road, uh, written by Amy. Let's get on to this week's reviews. Um, First up, we have got Extraordinary. Uh, This is a new comedy with fantasy elements. Mo, would you mind just quickly running us through this one? Sure. And, um, you know, Extraordinary, it's uh, a new show on... uh, Disney Plus, um, and it will be on Hulu over in the, the States, and it's created by uh, Emma Morin, who is a comedian, and I would say she's really drawing upon her experiences as this interesting mix of the superheroics with the journey of a 20-something. Jen, who is the the lead character, when we first introduced to her, and something something very ordinary, which is an, a job interview, and we learn quickly that Jen doesn't have any superpowers. She is in a world in which pretty much everybody over the age of 18 has uh, superpowers. Jen is just living her life, you know, but again, she just has this cloud over her where she doesn't have any powers. She has some roommates, a um, female roommate named Carrie, who works at this law firm. She has this ability to channel the, the dead, which kind of i would say at at times she sees that is very draining there's this very uh funny scene in in my opinion involving a um this uh a legal battle between a a widower and her her late spouse's uh current partner uh which I think there's some funny aspects to that. Uh, Carrie has a boyfriend named uh, Kash who lives with li- lives with them. He has the ability to turn back time. We we know that Kash has some bigger ambitions. He actually wants to be a superhero vigilante. Uh, we see a little bit of his super suit, which in my opinion looks a bit like a condom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But I think that was the that was the, the the gag really, wasn't it, man? Yeah, yeah. And so, and so we we start to kind of fill out their uh fill out the backstory a bit a bit about their lives, particularly uh with with uh, Jen. We learn that you know Jen feels like she is less than her younger sister Rebecca, who is always seems to be you know getting the spotlight from her mom Mary and her stepfather Ian. And we go to, as part of the first episode, we end up at Rebecca's 18th birthday. Over the course of the 18th birthday party, uh, Rebecca gets her superpower, which is super strength, and she puts on this interesting display, which just absolutely crushes Jen. And Jen tries to console herself by, you know, there's a gentleman she's been seeing off and on, and, you know, again, her night just takes even... um, nose dives even even further and you know one of i would say we've we've introduced the sort of a threesome who not that kind of threesome who live in this apartment but uh jen also picks up a stray cat who earns the name jizz lord after an and a hilarious (laughs) (laughs) hilarious encounter with um someone who Jen meets on a, a dating app. Uh, you've got to see it for yourself. Let's let's just say, you know, if, if you were kind of curious about whether or not you know, 
animals have orgasms you know this show definitely gets into that there's a couple some really interesting twists in the latter half of of the episode i think one of the twists and and i'm not going to describe them i think really does a great job of establishing the relationship between carrie and jen and makes it very more meaningful and and really shows why they're friends and then the second twist is it, it goes back to Jizzler, but I think it's a great twist. It does, and I, at that point, you do get a little bit of that being human element as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely, if you're a fan of the superheroics, superpowers, that type of thing, certainly, um, and, and you know, 20-something shows, extraordinary, it, it may be up your alley. Yeah, and uh, so we should say Michael uh, didn't watch this. Um, it was an issue with the, the screeners that we had, but Michael, do you feel like you have watched it now? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty in depth. I, the, everything that Mo said, I, I want to watch it. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I think the the being human analogy for me was that you had these sort of disparate, as you said, twenty somethings living together, and you know going through things that twenty somethings go through, but with this added sort of supernatural element in this being the the superpowers thing and to pick up on what you said mo i think what they do so well in here or what um emma moran the writer does so well is that you get that first scene in the job interview and then she goes outside and you just get like yeah everyone's got a power and they don't really go into why that is or what happened or has the world changed it's just this is what it is and you have to accept it and i i really like that about about this show i think what what i would say my sort of one sentence pitch would be this is what it would be like if phoebe waller bridge were to write a marvel show i don't know if you agree with me mo hmm that's i felt very fleabaggy in certain yes certainly the scenes where you saw her with the you know her on-off boyfriend who you know will they'll have casual sex and then he'll fly literally fly out the window because that's his superpower (laughs) or as you mentioned the other guy that she meets which again that you know the scene where he tries to do something himself even though he has the power to do it let's just say um you know those those bits for me felt very flea baggy but also the feeling inferior to the sister the or the half sister the sort of the relationship with the dad I like some of the inventiveness of it I mean I think it's reading an interview with her initially just started the superpowerness came later it was just about being in your 20s and not sort of finding your thing and all your friends have got their shit together and you haven't but adding that element to it I think is is a masterstroke really and I love the, the best one for me was um Siobhan McSweeney plays her mum Mary her superpower is that she can control technology with her fingertips but because she's you know a woman in say her 40s or 50s she doesn't know how to use the technology and I think that's brilliant because it's saying like you know most of the older generation struggle with technology but what if you had the ability to control it and you couldn't actually use it so there were bits that really I thought that's great it didn't sort of ever wow me, but at the moment I've only watched one episode and I, I definitely will go back to it. I don't know, Mo, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I, I'm definitely planning on continuing. Um, I think a good comparison in terms of an, a, a Marvel show, which I, I think would 
would probably be She-Hulk. Um, minus, there's no fourth wall breaking in this. But again, She-Hulk is a 30-something trying to live her life in L.A. And here you have some 25-year-olds, you know, just dealing with really the basics, you know, a couple of, you know, there are a couple of gen particulars, like in a dead end job, um, you know, but, but still there, there's a, I would say there's a lot of overlap in terms of the personal dynamics with some of the things that the, the characters are dealing with between She-Hulk and um, Extraordinary. Um, but you can definitely feel like, I'm sure it feels like Emma Moran is drawing from some specific instances where it's whether it's her or whether it's a friend or someone, you know, those dating that dating scene where you're meeting someone. I, I feel like I, I almost feel like I know someone who that could have, <laughs> that could have happened to. I would also praise, um, I believe the actress's name, my raised tires. That's how I, I saw you that you pronounced it. I, I did try and Google that last night. I think, She's not really done a lot before, and actually it is mainly a new cast, apart from Siobhan McSweeney is the only person on screen uh, that I recognised. Um, definitely a lot of promise there. It'll be interesting to see. They, they sort of set it up as well that she's now gone to this clinic who are going to help her um, discover her power if she can afford, like I think it was about £900 a session or something like that. Um, but there's a lot to like here. It is sort of a very bold debut from a, a new writer and uh, a new actress at the helm. Um, so, yeah, seek it out on uh, Disney Plus now. Moving on to um, another sitcom, this one, a uh, British sitcom on Channel 4. It's called Everyone Else Burns. Uh, it's set in Manchester and follows the Lewis family. They're a strict religious family. They're headed up by... The father, David, who's played by Simon Bird, um, he's brought up his children with God at the forefront of their minds. Uh, we see them getting what we believe is regular training for the apocalypse, which he believes is impending. Uh, his son, Aaron, is very much a devout acolyte of his father, but he also, the couple also have a 17-year-old daughter, Rachel, who is sort of falling out of love with preaching the word of God a little bit. Uh, is looking to get into university with the help of a teacher played by uh, Lolly Adafope. Uh, her attention is diverted uh, further by Joshua, who she meets while she's out uh, doing some preaching. Uh, he, uh, His family was previously banished from their religious order, but she can't help sort of being drawn back to him. Uh, problems mount further for David when he doesn't get the role of church elder that he believed was his. The position instead of going to his neighbour Andrew, who's portrayed as a lot more hip and a lot less straight-laced than David is. Um, while trying to discover why he didn't get the job, uh, David's relationship with the family further sours. Uh, his wife Fiona branches out as a businesswoman and Aaron uh, produces increasingly macabre artwork depicting his father in various gruesome uh, scenario so that's sort of the basic building blocks as someone who absolutely hates the in-betweeners and friday night dinner i was not looking forward to this <laughs> see i didn't have that knowledge ahead of time i thought simon bird uh, he's going to play the same character again and he kind of does just with a worse haircut here in key west we were out before it was in in this open and inclusive paradise you can be yourself 
make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, and I'll get the negative out of the way. Simon Bird is good with his comedy timing. I think the apocalypse stuff is a bit overdone in the first episode. Mm. But really, once you dive down into it, it's not really about the apocalypse. Certainly not in the first two episodes anyway. It's more about the patriarchy, really. How, firstly, uh, sorry, what was Simon Bird's character called? David. David. Firstly, how David is so overbearing and restrictive of them that he's pushing them away. Aaron is clearly, as a kid, the young kid's got his own issues. But then his daughter, who's a teenager and wants to explore the world and do things, she feels repressed. And so does his wife, Fiona. And I can watch Kate O'Flynn in anything. I think I think she's amazing in anything. I love her. No deadpan, yeah, I love her deadpan delivery. I love, I, and it really suits this, this show. And, and there's a lot of quietly surreal things going on and the more it goes on you I, the more i thought yeah i like this i like the feel of this it's not like a standard sitcom there's some weird things going on and the apocalypse and the religious thing is probably more of a background thing i think it's more about the fact that he's he's just oppressing his family so much and he's, he's pushing them away and i i, I want to see what his family do i want to see his reaction mm. to his family and where they go so and yeah, there's lots of silly things, and I think it really worked. I, against odds, I wasn't expecting it to, but I think it really works. You know what, Michael? I completely agree with everything yeah. you just said. Yeah. Hey. Um, I, I'm similar. I, I I wasn't a massive fan of the in betweeners. Liked Friday Night Dinner, but not really for Simon oh. Bird. Mainly for Paul Ritter and Tams and Greg. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. The fact the first episode is heavily centered on David, and I think they getting that character across, getting the overbearingness across. There's not a great deal of uh Kato Flynn's character, yeah. Fiona, in the first episode. Um, you get a bit more of her throughout, and you get the impression that everyone is slightly falling out with David's way of thinking. Um, I, I would compare it to do either of you know ever decreasing circles the richard Pryor sitcom yeah it reminded me a bit of that in that there's this guy who's full of pomp and circumstance and in love with his own idea of the world and think everyone who should agree with him but actually gradually everyone has different ideas you've got the the trendy name even though he's not that trendy but in this church community he is probably the the hippest person there I think, um, and Amy James Kelly plays the daughter, I believe Mo was in Corrie. Is that right? Yes. 
Yeah, I'm just checking because I know you know you. I'm sure you'll give me a background on her in Curry. But, <laughs> but um, I, I I really like her as an actress. Yeah. I it's a bit strange that she's only a few years younger than Simon Bird. I think she's about ten years younger than Simon Bird. But um, her performance in this, I think she is the heart of this. Mm. She is the like the audience proxy for me and her relationship with uh with joshua is really interesting her relationship with the the teacher played by lolly adafope i really like that as well her sort of nervousness she plays it so well and you get like what life has been like for her for the last 17 years living in this very repressed family you know she gets a mobile phone initially from her dad and then later from joshua who gives her this phone and you know, she sends her first text message and you just you just feel everything that character feels. And I I, I do like uh, the Fiona story as well with the uh, Morgana Robinson as another neighbour mm. um, and helping her build this business with, with these bags. There's some great like one liners about um, this family who were cast out from the church because they opened a cafe and they consider coffee a drug. Um, and then he, later on in the second episode, he gets like the initial rule book that was published for this religious order. And it, one of the rules is not to eat bison on the full moon. So there's a lot of like good one liners. I liked the, the female performers, I think, for me. Yeah. Outweighed the male performers. Um, but yeah, there's a lot to like here. And, and it, the, the first two episodes, they will have already been on when, we, when this comes out on Monday night. Um, but then they are doing it weekly, which suggests to me that they wanted people to see these two episodes as one, because I yeah. think they give you like all the context you need. Whereas I think if I just watched episode one, which I know Mo has done, that I don't know if I would have felt the same way. So over to Mo. I tend to have time for a, uh, a Simon Bird project. But I what I will say is I feel like there are aspects of his character david it, it it feels like he's he's channeling a little bit of uh paul ritter's uh character martin good goodman from mm-hmm. um uh, friday <laughs> friday night dinner so i don't know it's just in what way just, mo so in this this notion of this false belief that you know that dave is the center of this family unit and which is not the case you know it's like he Martin like all these Martin was always always doing these crazy antics throughout those episodes of Friday Night Dinner and you know meanwhile his his wife uh, Tasmia Gregg's character is just Jackie was just always just trying to deal with it or get caught up in the drama and mm. we kind of get some something similar with David and Fiona but with the in the case of David and Fiona I see that you know whatever mystique that that Fiona had, you know, for David, you know, has clearly worn off, and she's more or less like getting get going along to get along, and um, that that relationship. I'm very curious to see how it changes over the course of this first series, because it's clear as day is that Fiona is rebelling in these small ways, which is going to eventually manifest into something larger and and something similar with with rachel as well um i i i definitely think that you know as these episodes go on that 
Rachel, I think, will probably start to take more focus than David because as his power diminishes within this family, I mean, it, it's it's. <laughs> But I will say that um, one of my favorite scenes was like this, literally, David had a bowl on his head and (laughs) Rachel was taking scissors, cutting it. And it's this duty that's been passed from mother to daughter. You know, it's like the consistency of the bowl. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I find that, you know, I'm, I'm curious also about the sort of the structure of this church and where is. I, I'm like, I don't necessarily get the impression that everyone who's part of this, this this religious order is not as hip as David, because I think Andrew and, to a lesser extent, Samson, both came across as much more, shall we say, likable, normal people. Um, Andrew, in particular, just had, you know, this this way of connecting with David's family, I'm wondering if that's something that's going to become, um, I, I would say, more of a threat to David as episodes go, going on, um, excuse me, progress. Uh, there was plenty of in here to enjoy. It was just, I just had this really hard time trying to figure out how to summarize this, because hmm. there's so much going on in here, and I think the you know, it was just you're literally shaking in the middle of the night. It, it's just the way I felt. I felt like Rachel when the episode starts out, where she's shaking in the middle of the night and <laughs> going on, you know, raptured apocalypse training or something like that. I was just like, wait, what? And I, you know, I feel like like I've got to wipe the sleep from my eyes, and I'm just trying to figure this out. And by the end of the first episode, I I clearly get where things are headed. Um, you know, I. But also their son, that son Aaron. I mean, he has the makings of some sort of religious zealot serial killer or something. Mm. Oh, I loved him. I thought he was great. I'd say no is right because there is a lot going on. And I mm. think that's what I mean by on the face of it, it is just like a slapstick, silly, it, light comedy. But then it's got these themes of religion and oppression and, and the apocalypse in the back running through the background. So mm. that's probably why they they quite seem at odds with each other. And by like Matt says, like by the second episode, you're kind of like, oh, I get it now. I I get what what the vibe is. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it really works. Yeah. So um, check that out uh, Monday nights on Channel Four. Shrinking now. This is a Apple TV Plus uh, comedy drama. It focuses on uh, therapist Jimmy, who's played by Jason Segel. Uh, He has basically been wallowing in grief for the past year, following his wife's death in a car accident. Neighbour Liz has essentially become a surrogate mother for his teenage daughter, Alice. And Jimmy suddenly realises he needs to change something in his life. Uh, And he does this basically by giving direct advice to each of his parents, his parents, his patients, um, who come to see him for for therapy rather than just sitting there listening to them this includes telling one of them to leave their emotionally abusive husband and also um enrolling a new patient who's a violent military vet called sean in an mma training program he gets really happy when he feels like he's getting results but inevitably these tactics don't turn out too well and after sort of the two wins quote unquote he felt he made 
the comeback to bite him at the same time. Um, and this is at the same time where he's trying to reconnect uh, with daughter Alice. Given that this is Apple and it's created, it was created by um, Bill Lawrence, Brett Goldstein and Jason Segel. I, I definitely got a lot of Ted Lasso ish kind of vibes off of this. Not necessarily the setup of Ted Lasso, but that feeling of someone in this case, Jason Siegel's Jimmy, who's had this sort of gone through this trauma and then just in the process trying to put their life back together while working with others to put their lives back together. Um, I'm it's this is an interesting role for Jason Siegel for for me, because I still remember him as, you know, the 20, 30 something from how I met your mother. So to see him in this role as, you know, so, um, heading towards middle age, middle uh, high school daughter, um, trying to connect with her, it, it, it just made me feel a little old. Um, recurring I, theme of the podcast. It seems to be a recurring theme. At the end of that first episode, we definitely really get to know Jimmy. We definitely get to know two of his patients, Gabby and Sean. We don't get a lot of Harrison Ford, though. So I, Harrison it, Ford, I, I should have said this. Harrison Ford plays um, Paul, who Paul is the Rhodes. lead, the, whose practice it is, we believe. Gabby, Jessica Williams is the other therapist there. Yeah. Yeah. And, Sorry, go on. No, no I, but I was going to say is, is that because one of the marketing, one of this was to me was billed as a, um, as this is shrinking starring Jason Segel and Harrison Ford. Mm. And to me, Harrison Ford is more, more or less a supporting cast member in this based on the first episode. I will be curious to see if his role ramps up and to what degree uh, I get this feeling based on some conversations between Gabby and Jimmy there are things going on with in Paul's life that may also impact may perhaps how he sees things um, and how he treats his patients. But I do think that, that this this shrinking has a lot of promise. It's very on brand for Apple. And I think that this is a winning show for Bill Lawrence. Yeah. So um, just to fill in on something, some things Mo said there. So, yeah, Bill Lawrence, who co-created Ted Lasso, Brett Goldstein, who was also involved in Ted Lasso, plays Roy Kent. Um, and actually, Ted Lasso's second season definitely had a lot about mental health in it, didn't it? Like, you know, we had uh, bringing in like a therapist character into that second season. So it's obviously something they're passionate about and having this series about grief, dealing with grief and having a therapist who's going through that i mean that opening scene if you didn't know anything about shrinking going in where it was literally you thought jimmy was the patient until he got into the room i watched the second one as well so just following up on what you said in the second episode we do get a little bit more of paul we know jimmy and gabby both say that they don't really know anything about him outside of work but it does transpire that as well as helping jimmy um get get over the death of his wife he's also been having these like um impromptu you know unofficial therapy sessions 
with Alice. So there's like a relationship there between Paul and Alice, which I think allows Harrison Ford to show almost a different side of himself in a way, because he, he does, you do feel like, for me anyway, you're watching Harrison Ford play a character rather than you're watching that character. But actually, I think in that second episode where you saw him play against Lakita Maxwell as Alice, there was a, another dimension to the character which I really liked. And it looks like they are going to explore that more. We also learn that he his character's got Parkinson's. I think for me, the general tone of Shrinking is almost like a, a, an indie comedy film, mm. which then feels like it's been broken up into segments. The relationship between Jimmy and Sean, who's this angry man who just boils over into rage anytime someone does anything to him and Jimmy almost taking him under his wing. That feels very much like the basis of like an indie film, especially with Jimmy dealing with the grief. I like bits of it. I don't think it all married together. You've got this uh, character, Liz, played by Krista Miller, who's married to Bill Lawrence uh, in real life. I, I felt I, I didn't really get a good grip on that character. She's like an empty nester who has taken the opportunity of having Alice come into her life. And, and now Jimmy's trying to be more of a parent. It's almost like she's not letting go. And I didn't really get that character very much. They also bring in Michael Yuri from Ugly Betty as uh, Jimmy's friend Brian, who they've sort of become estranged over the past year and trying to reconnect and why that estrangement happened in the first place. So there's a lot of threads going on. But I just I never felt myself really connected to any of it. Michael, how did you feel? Yeah, I'm a bit with you on this one. Uh, it's it's strange when there's always a big film star that they start making television that is such a big thing after so many years. I know Harrison Ford, this, he's done a couple of TV shows now. And I, it's quite a strange one that this would be one of them because it's perfectly pleasant watching. It's perfectly fine to watch and kind of not pay much attention to it. But there's not. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A lot that you haven't seen before in terms of, mm. you know, mental health, you know, um, a husband's lost his wife, had troubles with his daughter. Um, and I swear, I don't know what you're doing with me, because the last time I was on here, I'm sure it was a psychotherapist show as well. The patient, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Is this an intervention? Are you trying to intervene? <laughs> Are you trying to tell me something? Um, yeah, I don't... that's all on you, Michael. I think. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it, where it thrived. I think Jason Segal was really good, and when he met up with Sean, and when they started bonding and going through their journey together, mm. I think that's where it thrived. The rest of it felt quite ordinary and quite just not spectacular. There's nothing that grabbed leapt off the screen to me but that i think that there's a place where the the jimmy and sean relationship can, can go because obviously he's going off grid in terms of what he should be doing 
as part of his code, his ethical code. He's he's going away from that. And it's going to be a journey, obviously, of how he helps Sean and how he helps himself, because obviously he's lost as well, isn't he? So they're they're probably well, going to bond and episode help. two ends with him moving Sean into the house with him oh, and well, Alice. So there you go, yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, you can, well. you can kind of see where it's going, maybe. Mm. So I, I don't know. It just it just felt quite ordinary telly, and that's not a bad thing. You, you need ordinary. Telly. But there's so, but we've got so much telly at the moment that yeah. this, I think maybe just. You mentioned the patient there, and I'd complete. And I really like the patient. I finished watching that, and you know, there's so much on. This just feels very middle of the road, and I think lesser than the sum of its parts. You know, you've got Bill Lawrence, who is like a, a sitcom veteran, isn't he, Mo? And you know, you've got Jason Segel, who is really like beloved, and you know, as you said, Marshall and how I met your mother for years, and Freaks and Geeks before that, even. At the big selling point, Harrison Ford doing, you know, like 30 minute comedy. But there's just it just falls a bit short. Um, and also, I just felt like, you know, the, the portrayal of therapy a little bit and, and the, the patients and how they were portrayed was maybe a little bit harsh. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It was very, very sort of generic the way they portrayed some of these patients and the reasons they were going to therapy. There's a moment where he said, This woman was having trouble with a boyfriend. He said, Oh, just dump him, dump him. Yeah. And then she phones him later and says, Oh, I dumped him. And it, I know he's, the point is he's going rogue mm. and trying to do things differently. But it, it, he's, he's got to have so, some grounding in reality. Uh, it, 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 like you say, it, the, the interactions he had with his patients didn't feel particularly no. natural. Well, well, see, for, to me, that is the point. I don't think that having, you know, a norm, quasi quote unquote normal, you know, patient therapist relationship is what mm. this show is about. This show no, is I, about here's a man who's here's this therapist, this man who's supposed to be helping to heal people who cannot heal himself, who then needs his patients to help heal him yeah. while at the same time he's healing his patients. It is very unorthodox. So, mm. so I, 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 I don't think what I meant by that moment was the before that even starts, there's that, you know, that opening montage of him sitting, listening to his patients and they were all portrayed very much. as almost like very whiny. Does that make sense? Rather than. Yeah. Or are we yeah. just seeing that through his eyes? Because he yeah, maybe, over. maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's potentially it. Yeah, let's, and, and let's so, give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying he—he—that's what I think you need that scene in order to mm. get to. Oh no, hey, I'm going to go rogue. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's um all. I think the first three episodes will be up on Apple TV Plus, um, as is often the way, and then new episodes weekly. Uh, that is shrinking, and finally. Um, for our US listeners, uh, Search Party, which I believe started in 2016 over there. Um, we had had, I believe, the first two seasons available on all four, um, but I, um, seasons three to five never made their way over here. Now it is all dropped on uh, BBC iPlayer and it is airing on BBC Three and Double Bills. Um, I asked the gentleman to watch um, a first, the first couple of episodes of season one. I believe Mo had already watched. How much of how much of the show had you already watched? 
I had watched later seasons, <laughs> so I had I had even like skipped ahead and sampled an episode from like season three. Um, it, but had you watched any of season one? No, I had okay. not. <laughs> no. So this was the first time you watched any of season one, then? Correct. Yeah. Okay, so this is essentially focusing on um, Dory, uh, played by Alia Shawcott. She's a, a another uh, very much like the Jen in um, Extraordinary, uh, sort of ambivalent twenty-something, nothing to show for her life. Um, tries to basically, she learns uh, college acquaintance Chantal Witherbottom has gone missing. Um, and sets out to find her, um, also follows the exploits of her passive boyfriend, Drew, and their friends, flamboyant show-off Elliot and flighty actress Portia. Uh, first two episodes that, that we watched, uh, it's clear that uh, Dory's on something. We see that Chantal is on the run, um, and we're sort of looking to explore what the reasons for this is, and whether Dory's right that she is in some sort of danger, um, I'll go to Michael first on this one. What did what did you make to Search Party? Yeah, it's a weird history that it's only fully come over to us now as a, as a complete set now. It's, it's something I've not heard of, and I know people have been raving about it. No, filled us in. It sort of changed networks, didn't it? Yeah. In the States, it went from TBS to HBO Max. And often with those sort of things, like the rights get lost. Yeah. Uh, the first thing that struck me, which I really liked about it, was the really naturalistic dialogue in the sense that everyone is like talking at each other or talking over each other or or it's it's quite chaotic in its energy as well as in, as well as in the direction and the way they're talking at each other. I really like that. Um, my concern is after the first couple of episodes. They might become a bit annoying <laughs> over the course of five series. And also, also the central premise of the mystery of Chantel. Um, obviously, I don't know where it goes, but I can't imagine that's going to last five series because obviously part of the search party, I assume in the title is about Dory trying to find herself as much as anything else. But um, yeah, it's it's certainly a lot going on and very strong performances. I particularly liked the, the, the Dory characters as the main central, very sympathetic character, very beaten down on life, very unconfident. And obviously she's trying to find herself and that's probably the main journey. Um, yeah, I think it had a lot going for it. I don't. I just don't know if there's how it evolves from finding Chantel or not finding Chantel to something else, because obviously there's five whole series of it. Mm. I think it does evolve as it goes on, just yeah. looking into it a little bit more. Um, obviously all the episodes are up on the iPlayer. Would you be, you know, would you continue with this? I or? think I would slowly because obviously mm. there's so many episodes, but mm. I, I mean, it had a lot of great lines in it. Um, one I won't repeat here that that's really does stand out, but it, it, yeah, it zipped along. It's about 25 minutes long. It's, it's super fast. And the way the story even evolved from the first episode, to the second st- episode where Dory met that crazy lady, <laughs> Rosie Perez. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on. So I think there's certainly enough intrigue to keep going. It's just whether the characters get a bit too overbearing or not. And what about you, Matt? Well, it, you know, to me, the search part, it felt like um, the, the bit of a quarter life crisis. Uh, certainly Dory was going through a quarter life crisis. Um, we kind of I would say uh, her friend Elliot 
was going through something similar. Um, but I, I summarize the show, you know, again, I, we go back to um, Extraordinary, where, you know, it is character of us at a certain age, these 20-somethings trying to find their way, whereas in the case of Dory, she's trying to latch on to this mystery sur- sur- uh, surrounding Chantel. Someone, you know, she knew, but they weren't, wasn't part of her friend group in college. And um, it's intriguing. It's a, it's an intriguing premise in, in which to start a series on. And clearly it's going to build from there. Uh, but I agree with Michael about, I worry about some of the characters becoming annoying. Uh, Drew, for instance, her um, Dory's boyfriend, in those first two episodes, he at times was just a putz. And... <laughs> I believe um, what the what the kids would call a beta, a beta male. I am curious about Chantal's mystery and what's going on with with that character. I'm it, what little we get. It's it's slightly it's a bit intriguing, uh, but you know, for me, Search Party was it was one of those shows like if you were of a moment, and if you were like locked in and you knew about it and you were raving about it and you tried it and you latched on to it you rode the train and coming into it now and the series ended in 2022 i'm i'm curious but at the like michael i would go back and watch this in in slowly i would it would it's not a priority show for me but it definitely has aspects of it that i find intriguing yeah, I, I, this sort of ambled along quite nicely for me, but there wasn't anything that stood out. I did like Alia Shawcott. I think it was good that they showed you a little bit in each episode of Chantal. So we knew that it wasn't just like a fool's errand, that there was something going on there. I think that helped. But I just, I apart from Dory, I didn't really get a handle on any of the other characters. I don't think... Certainly with Elliot, I didn't really get a lot out of him. You know, he obviously always wanted to be the centre of attention and and things like that. But there wasn't enough there. Portia, who's this actress, we see her in almost like a Law and Order type show at one point, and um, you know, but and she got an odd relationship with her mother. But again, I just I after two episodes, I didn't feel like I knew enough about these characters perhaps to continue. I know the episodes are only about sort of. 22 minutes each so it's not a massive time commitment but for something i think that has got a crit a lot of critical praise behind it and people i know who, who really like it i i was a little bit underwhelmed if i'm honest but um to me, to me it hangs on poor um to me it hangs on dory like yeah as the, as the central character and the, and the main emphasis behind the show because she's the most relatable character um the the other the others are all right in small doses and and that's fine in, in watching in a couple of episodes like we've done but over the course of 50 episodes which i know there are that's what mm. i worry about and yeah. it depends it depends on the evolution of the chantelle story as well it's worth checking out for yourself i think because we've all got slightly different opinions on it here so um it's all there on the iplayer now that is us for today so thank you very much to michael and mo for joining us um guys you want to just run through your twitters and where we can find your podcasts so go with michael first 
Yeah, um, on Twitter, I'm Yekim underscore Mikey. Uh, the Box Tunnel Survivors group is on Twitter as well, under Box Tunnel Pod, and on Podbean, Spotify, and all that all that jazz. Yeah, you can find me at uh, Dr. Mo 77 on Twitter. I'm also on <laughs> Mastodon. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, well. That's so I, two I, months I, ago. So two months that was ago. So, I know. I need to keep, you know. I, yeah. <laughs> So, um, but Twitter's got worse now, guys. Like, come on, the the following in for you tabs. We don't need to get into that, but but yeah. So, so in in in, uh, the show I contribute to, uh, Geek Confidential, um, we're on uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Shows are released through um, uh, Apple Podcasts and your other normal podcatchers. And um, yeah, we are the TV dot uh, com, the TV podcast. Um, again, all all your podcast apps of choice. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Um, I am at Matt's TV Bites. Luke is at Luke Custard TV, and the podcast at Custard TV Pod. And as I said before, Instagram it's Custard TV. Email Custard TV Reviews at gmail dot com. Next week on the show, uh, we are be- we are reviewing Nolly. Mo is back with us for that. Um, also, we will be looking at Netflix's Lockwood and Co. So, um, thank you so much for listening, and we will speak to you next week. Goodbye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realize that they're not alone. Search the Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.